Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Redestine tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Welcome in Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by Geico. Hope your Wednesday is going well. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote as well as our friends at AutoZone. Duralast batteries proven tough and designed to stand up to even the most extreme weather conditions with patented technology to deliver the most power during startup. Get in the zone, AutoZone. You know who was not in the zone? The San Antonio Spurs. You know who got his ass kicked? Greg Popovich. You know whose series is now over? The Spurs. The Warriors are going to win in five or less. If you had any doubt last night, the beatdown that the Warriors put on, I really do feel like I was 100% correct after I broke down the game on Sunday and said that effectively, let's be honest, the Warriors just get bored. It's a great stat from 538 that came out the other day that said the Warriors, most teams, when they get down by 15 in the NBA, they lose 90% of the time. The Warriors win half the time when they get down by 15 points or more. Now, last night's game was never remotely close, but that's kind of the way it felt, as if there was no moment in time where the Spurs ever had a chance to win that game. This series is over. I think even the most diehard San Antonio Spurs fan is acknowledging that. There is no way on God's green earth that the Spurs are going to win four of the next five games in this series and beat the Warriors. I'm not sure that the Spurs are going to win one game at all. I'm going to give them a little bit of credit and say they have some fight, some pride that's going to will them to one win. Plus, the Warriors have to come back home to Golden State regardless of whether they win in four or five. So I'd still probably bet that this series is going to be over in five, but there's absolutely no suspense 
And honestly, the Warriors look like an absolute juggernaut. And I'm reinforcing my belief that they're going to beat the Cavs in five games as well. But all was not awful last night in the world of sports. It was actually a pretty good little Tuesday night. First of all, the NBA lottery. And a lot of you out there are going to sit around and you're going to say, oh, the draft lottery is rigged. It's no surprise that the Lakers ended up keeping their pick and that they got into the number two spot. The Celtics, who obviously look like a pretty decent team right now, we'll see what happens tonight against LeBron and the Cavs. But the Celtics going out and being able to get the number one overall pick in the draft. But more importantly, I think, for the NBA's future, Lonzo Ball need to end up in L.A. with the Lakers. And it's hard to see how that's not going to happen now. That's going to be a really, really good storyline. The NBA is better when the Lakers don't suck. And the NBA is better when the nation's second largest market, L.A., actually cares about the NBA. Don't start with the Clippers. Stop with them. The Lakers are the straw that stirs the L.A. sports drink. And suddenly, if they get Lonzo Ball and you toss in LeVar Ball into that cocktail and the big baller brand and everything else, it was a damn fine night for the big baller brand. I know our guy LeVar Ball is going to be on the herd with Colin Cowherd later today. You'll want to check that out here on Fox Sports Radio. But I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see what is going to happen as long as Lonzo Ball ends up with the Lakers. I thought that was a massively huge story. And if you actually want to watch a sport that matters, as opposed to a sport that should matter and doesn't because there's no too big of a gap between the teams, maybe the Celtics are going to be able to make a run on the Cavs and actually be competitive in this series. Clearly the Warriors and the Spurs is over, but if you want to watch sports that matter right now, the NHL playoffs is where it is. I believe we've had three games so far in the NHL playoffs, four games so far in the NHL, five games, whatever the math is. Clearly I'm not an expert. Four of the five games have been decided by one goal or less. I believe I am correct in that. That is a hockey stat for me on the fly. The Penguins and the Ottawa Senators are tied up at one game apiece going back to Canada. Last night, the Preds and Anaheim played an awesome game. I mean, just a fantastic, scintillating game. And how about that loser who we told you yesterday about the Anthem controversy Last night, the Predators, the Nashville Predators, had Keith Urban come out and sing. And Keith Urban came out and he sang, and he was fantastic at the National Anthem. And then what happened? The Preds won. They are now 6-0 and since they have replaced that anthem singer who was whining because they've gone with Carrie Underwood and Little Big Town and Luke Bryan and Vince Gill and Lady Antebellum. And now, last night, Keith Urban... Six big-time global icons. I know it had to chap his ass when he found out that the national anthem singer was actually an Australian. They brought out Keith Urban, Aussie legend, married to Nicole Kidman last night, and the Preds won two goals late, including the winning goal with two minutes to play. It was fantastic television. I claim to you that I know nothing about hockey. That is accurate. I'm not a guy who's sitting around analyzing the intricacies of the game while I watch hockey. But playoff hockey is kicking the NBA's ass this year. And the NBA is a total joke. So far, we have the Golden State Warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers combining to go, I believe, 18-0. and If you combine the final three wins of the Ty Lue era there, that's 21 straight wins for the Cavs or 
the Warriors combined. That's an absurd number of games that have not been competitive. And again, last night's game was over in five minutes. Finally got back on the winning track with gambling. I tweeted out right before kick, uh, right before tip, you want to watch gambling picks. They've been great for the NBA. Warriors minus 13.5 is the play. The Warriors had that line covered by like six minutes. And then they never got close. That was an embarrassing beatdown. Never remotely close. We are loaded up with guests. We're going to make you some money at the bottom of this hour. We're going to talk to John Campbell at Odd Shark. We're going to talk to my guy Jeff Schwartz in hour two. And then in hour three, and I think this story is going to start to get more and more attention, I'm blown away by the lawsuit Moses Malone Jr. filed against James Harden. To me, that is a blockbuster story that people are just starting to pay attention to. I'm going to tell you more about it in this next segment, but I want you to hear just the rough details of it so far. Can you believe that we have James Harden, maybe the second best player in the NBA in the regular season this year, being sued because of an allegation that he paid $20,000 to somebody to beat up Moses Malone Jr. because he was upset about his Facebook post? This is an unbelievable story. And I can't believe that it's not getting more attention than it is. We're going to talk to the attorney who is suing James Harden in the third hour of this show from down in Houston, and you're not going to want to miss that. If you do miss it, you're going to want to hear that audio because, again, I think this story is going to blow up in a big way today as people suddenly realize, wait a minute, could James Harden actually be in trouble here? Is there some sort of substantive issues that he's facing? It is a massive story that people are just now recognizing is going on. We're going to talk about that in the next segment. I'm going to read you some of the details of this lawsuit, and you're probably going to sit back and say, wow, this really happened? But to me, again, a fabulous Tuesday night. Big takeaways from the night in sports. Huge win for the city of L.A. Lonzo Ball and LeVar Ball moving down the street from UCLA to the Lakers. It seems like that's highly likely to happen. We've got a spectacular series rolling in the NHL, two of them. And we at least know that the Warriors have fulfilled their destiny. They are rolling into the NBA Finals where I think they're going to beat the crap out of the Cavs. But we'll find out tonight whether or not the Celtics are going to have something to say about that. I am Clay Travis. You are listening to Outkick the Coverage. Up next, these details in the James Harden suit are going to blow your mind. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. This is pretty wild. Again, this story broke yesterday, I believe. And we're going to talk to the attorney down in Houston in the final hour. And we're going to play a little bit of audio from Moses Malone Jr. talking about this lawsuit here momentarily. But in the meantime, this lawsuit is wild. Moses Malone Jr. has filed a lawsuit alleging that Rocket star James Harden had four men beat him up and rob him in a Houston-area strip club because he was angry about a Facebook post that Moses Malone Jr. had put up. Welcome to the modern-day NBA, where instead of like handling their own business and having face-to-face confrontations— Guys get mad about social media posts. This happened back in July of 2016, according to ABC 13 down in Houston. 
And what was exactly written was the fight allegedly started over a comment Moses Malone Jr., son of NBA legend Moses Malone, posted on Facebook about a basketball camp run by Harden. In that Facebook post, Malone Jr. wrote, don't he make way more dollars than Donald Driver, but he's charging $249, and the inner city kids have no chance to go to his camp. Hollywood Harden, hashtag fact. And that is what he said, and it got a ton of attention, enough that it really upset Harden. Now, what's interesting is this lawsuit was filed, and again, we're going to talk to the attorney down in Houston who's representing James Harden in the final hour of the show. But what's interesting about this is why did he wait to add James Harden to the lawsuit? Because the lawsuit was filed last year. Well, Moses Malone Jr. answers that question, and it's kind of wild. Regardless of how the Houston Rockets are treating Moses in this case, this is a quote, Moses still has a deep respect for this organization, and we weren't about to file a lawsuit against James Harden in the middle of such a great season for the Rockets. He says Malone Jr. does. He doesn't need the money, and he's ready to fight. And he says, quote, I would not risk my dad's legacy or risk my name over an allegation that I don't stand by and know is true. Four men have been charged with aggravated robbery in the attack from a criminal perspective. So far, James Harden has not been charged with anything from a criminal perspective. But as this lawsuit and the details surrounding it come out, James Harden could be in severe potential criminal liability in addition to the civil liability he might bear. This is a big story considering how big of a star James Harden is and how wild these facts are. Again, the allegation is that Moses Malone Jr. was beaten and robbed in a Houston area strip club because James Harden was upset about what he posted on Facebook. And again, the Facebook post that he was upset about said, and I fought, and I quote, don't he make way more dollars than Donald Driver, but he charging $249 and the inner city kids have no chance to go to his camp. Hollywood Harden, hashtag fact. I know that he's responsible for this. And Malone's attorney says it was time to put it in black and white. We weren't about to file a lawsuit against James Harden in the middle of of such a great season for the Houston Rockets. This is the first time the son of NBA legend Moses Malone has sat for an interview since the new filing, but he's always pointed to Harden, saying the robbery last June outside V-Live Strip Club was an act of revenge. Two days before the attack, Malone criticized Harden on Facebook for charging nearly $250 for youth basketball camp. Within an hour, he says, he started getting threatening text messages. He claims one was from Harden himself, who was using a friend's phone basically came from James Harden through his friend's phone, which she validated in the next message of saying that, you know, you know who this is. That night, Malone was attacked by more than a dozen men outside the club and robbed of $15,000 in jewelry. He says Darian Blunt, a bouncer, addressed him directly. You're not going to be talking about James Harden on social media. Blunt and three other men have been criminally charged. Harden has not. Neither Harden's attorney nor the Rockets have responded to the amended petition. Malone has moved away from Houston, his hometown, he says. Because of this case, he adds he doesn't need the money and is ready to fight. I would not risk my dad's legacy here in this city and risk my name over an allegation that I don't stand by. Jessica Willie, 13. And again, we're going to talk, that's ABC down in Houston, we're going to talk to James Harden's attorney in the final hour of the show. I'm going to bring in the crew. 
this is a massive story, right, Jason Martin? I mean, this is something where James Harden could end up facing some criminal liability. Regardless, if this case is not settled, he'll have to be deposed. There's a witness when he's getting beat up. Moses Malone Jr. is saying that the guy beating him up said this is for that Facebook post. Again, the Facebook post about James Harden's camp. I mean, the stupidity, if this is true, of James Harden is unbelievable. Like, he can't handle somebody writing something negative about him on Facebook that gets almost no attention. He's upset about being called Hollywood Harden. Uh, This is an unbelievable story that I think is going to continue to pick up steam. Your thoughts, Jason? I would suggest this is just baffling if it's true. And, I mean, I you know, we don't have any idea yet whether or not it's true. Moses Malone Jr. Well, hold on. Hold on. We do have a good sense that there is a lot of truth to it because they've charged four guys with beating up Moses Malone Jr. and robbing him, right? I mean, yeah, so Yeah, well not they, I'm not they, talking about the incident. I'm saying I mean Harden's Harden's part of it is, it, is it, the part that's still left out there. It makes sense from a motive perspective. Otherwise, your defense is going to be if you're James Harden, you're going to be like I have no connection to these guys. And they just happened to uh, to beat up Moses Malone Jr. because they saw him in a strip club. They knew he had money. But if this guy said this is for the Facebook post, and it, I would think if you're the Houston police, you would think you would con- try and figure out whether James Harden is connected to this guy. He's retained, by the way. James Harden has Rusty Harden, I believe is the guy's name, the top criminal defense attorney in the state of Texas, basically, the guy who represented Roger Clemens when he had the, when he got charged with uh, with his crimes based on his testimony to the Congress, uh, Rusty Harden, I think, also represented Adrian Peterson when Adrian Peterson was charged with child abuse. The way that James Harden is lawyering up suggests that he knows there may be some liability here on his perspective. Again, the report that he paid twenty grand to these guys to have them beat the ass. The allegation in the lawsuit paid twenty grand to these four guys to have him beat this guy's uh, Moses Malone Jr.'s ass because of his Facebook post. Yeah, I'm like I said, if it's true, it's it's unconscionably stupid. Like one of the dumbest things that you've ever heard a a brilliant athlete or somebody that's that good at his sport to do at the height of his powers. It's the wrong time certainly for James Harden as well for this to come out uh after the balloon went off his rose on Thursday. But, you know, I guess we're gonna have to let it let it all play out i'm interested to hear from the attorney in the third hour of this show when he comes on uh just to kind of flesh it out because as i've gone to some of the major websites it's not getting the kind of play that you would expect this to have like there are smaller athletes that do things and it falls through the cracks and you don't hear about it unless you're local but james harden is a global brand james harden has multi-million dollar endorsement deals and all of these other kinds of things so i'm curious to hear the case laid out Uh, from the attorney for Moses Malone Jr. so that we can kind of get more of a sense of this story because it looks like ESPN certainly not taking it up. I don't see much from Sports Illustrated. I saw one piece yesterday come up about it, but there's not the kind of – this isn't nearly as big right now as I would think it would be considering the person involved. Well, one reason probably is because it's a civil lawsuit. Uh, civil lawsuits, again, for people out there who are listening, is different than a criminal investigation. Civil is where you're going after money. I, what I would love to know is why the Houston police haven't either. I, I would love to know if they've talked to James Harden or whether they've contemplated charging him because if he paid $20,000 to somebody to beat somebody else's ass over a Facebook post, I mean, he faces severe criminal liability. The fact that he has retained Rusty Harden is a criminal defense attorney makes me think that Harden may be nervous 
that he is going to be charged with a criminal offense in this case, which would really kind of blow the lid off because then everybody would come pouring in. Again, if you're just waking up and you're like, what in the world's going on with James Harden? They just got their ass kicked in game six uh, last week. James Harden goes out partying. And now, again, Moses Malone Jr. has alleged that James Harden paid $20,000 to four guys to beat him up and rob him because of this Facebook post. Don't he make way more money than Donald Driver, but he charging $249, and the inner city kids have no chance, all caps, to go to his camp. Hollywood Harden, hashtag fact. That was evidently the impetus that lead led to the fight, which is, man, this is a hell of a story. Bottom of the hour, by the way, we're going to talk to John Campbell. We're going to try to make you some money in gambling. Final hour of this show, again, we're going to continue to talk about this, probably open up the phones uh, as we go on, about this James Harden story. Let's bring in the L.A. crew. Big story, non-story here from your perspective about uh, James Harden for Danny G and Justin in the L.A. studio. No, it has the potential to be a huge story. One thing I I was thinking, too, I mean, I'm not trying to make light of it, but that money, how much did you say the camp was to sign up? $249. Dang. So if this turns out to be true, do you think some of the $20,000 he paid to the goons came from the kids' camp money? Wow. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. I I just can't believe in this day and age that you would get worked up enough about a Facebook post. You know, the social media opinions come and go so quickly. It's like a river. It's like something floating on a river. In one moment it's there and then it's gone. To put your entire livelihood at jeopardy over a social media post is different level dumb. I mean, just truly different level dumb. And again, James Harden having retained, I believe, again, it's Rusty Harden, the the top criminal defense attorney in the state of Texas and certainly in the Houston area, the guy who has represented Roger Clemens, the guy who has represented Adrian Peterson, among others, top athletes when they get in trouble turn, turn to Rusty Harden. He's the guy who got Clemens off on his charges. This is a big time story. And we're going to continue to unpack it. But first, let's go ahead and figure out what's trending now. And then on the flip side here, going to try to make you some money as we bring in, as we do every single Wednesday, our guy John Campbell to talk about the gambling markets right now in the world of sports. I am Clay Travis. This is Fox Sports Radio. Let's find out what's trending now. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier as well. With TrueCar, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for and on average save over three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, Visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. We bring in now John Campbell. He's confident that the NHL, I imagine, has been a lot better than the NBA from an entertainment perspective, but how has it been from a gambling perspective? He's at Johnny Oddshark on Twitter. John Campbell, appreciate you joining us. What's up, my man? Hey, how's it going, Clay? Doing great. Uh, I am uh, living the dream here. So tell me, from a gambling perspective, how do you play these, uh, let's start with the NBA, Eastern and Western Conference Finals. Is there any kind of storyline that you can follow? I know LeBron James was really good in the second round against the number. What has he done traditionally in the Eastern Conference Finals, and would you be playing them, the Cavs, against the Celtics? Yeah, I really like the Cavs here tonight, and it uh, turns out LeBron's a bit of a money train for betters in the Conference Finals as well. He's 28-19 and 19 against the spread going back to 2007. 
Uh, and he's also a really good overbet in the conference finals, 28-17-2. and uh, This total's come down a little bit tonight, but I think there's going to be a lot of points. And this game is feeling a little like Game 3 felt in the last series for the Cavs and Raptors, where it came out at, at 2, and it, and it was like, oh my God, are you kidding me? Only two points for the Cavs, and kind of feels that way again. I don't know how Boston is going to hang around with this Cleveland team. What about the length of the series? You can gamble on how long the series is going to be. I believe five games is the favorite. Do you like a sweep potential? What What do you like in terms of the play here in series length, or do you like a bet there at all? Yeah, I, I like a sweep. I don't know how Boston's going to win one uh, against Cleveland here, and uh, I think everybody's just looking forward ahead to the finals. But betting on the number of games can can, can be a really good way to bet. There, there's often some great value there, and uh, you're looking at between 3-1 and one to 4-1 to one in a tight series normally if, if you're going to bet seven games. So that's something I like to look at if I think a series is going to be really tight I'll look ahead to to game seven. You can get, you can get uh, almost four to one on on either side there and get some good value. The Warriors are uh, are, are fascinating now. They they came back from a twenty five point deficit. They win by thirty six last night. Is this going to be a sweep? It's looking that way. I think so. With no Kawhi Leonard, I, I think. San Antonio's in real trouble, and I think Popovich knew that when he sounded off uh, yesterday or a couple days ago. And they just need you need every star you can possibly get if you're going to hang with this team. So it's not looking good here for uh, for San Antonio. I do think it's going to be a sweep, and and uh, they'll be on to the finals. Okay, so let's presume that the Warriors and the Cavs are going to meet in the finals. I think this is going to surprise a lot of people because I think most people consider this to be a relatively even series based on the fact that teams have met two consecutive years and each team has won a series. But Vegas and the offshores are both saying the Warriors are a prohibitive favorite to win that series. Why and how much are they favored by? Well, they're favored by at almost minus 300 right now to, to win it all. And uh, basically that assumes that they're going to be playing the Cavaliers. Cavaliers are, are plus 280 uh, to win it all right now. And you, before the series began, you could bet on uh, if that if that would be the matchup in the finals. And that was minus 280 as well. So you're looking at laying almost $300 to win 100. And right now that's looking like pretty good value. That's, that's not enough chalk. That That is amazing, I think, for a lot of people out there to realize that even though the Cavs are the defending champs, you can still get them this at this late of a time in the season at nearly three to one to be the champs. Yeah, and I, I'm just surprised at kind of the public sentiment here, and I think you talk to a lot of NBA fans, and, and uh, it, it amazes me how many uh, feel that the Warriors are going to easily win this one. And like you said, Cleveland is the defending champion, and I think we might see another seven-game series. I think it's going to be really tough. So let's kind of shift gear. We're talking to John Campbell at oddshark.com. Go follow him on Twitter at Johnny Oddshark. The NHL has been infinitely better in terms of the entertainment value that we've seen so far. There have been five NHL games, and four of them, I believe, have been one-goal differentials, many of those goals being scored late or in overtime. Last night, the Preds came back from a 1-0 deficit, scored twice in the third period, including a go-ahead goal win with about three minutes to go in that one. Are the Preds a good bet right now, up 2-1 on Anaheim? What would the odds market suggest? How would you play Thursday night's game that I'm actually going to go to between the Preds and the Ducks? It's kind of a slow night in sports on Thursday night. Are the Preds a good play? 
Yeah, I think so. And uh, before before this round started, I actually started doing this uh, in the middle of the last round. I just decided to take Nashville every game for the rest of the playoffs because it was better than taking them on their futures value. It, it was they're only plus two fifty to win the cup, and uh, I just I just think they're going to win more than three units by the time they roll through there. And they're playing so well. It, you have to play really well across four lines, and they're such a physical team. And the blue line is scoring points, great goaltending. It's all the elements to win a Stanley Cup. But it, when you get to this situation, the odds just aren't good enough usually when you're looking at futures. So I'd recommend playing them game to game. This series isn't over yet either. Uh, the Ducks are, are also a physical, talented team. So uh, right now, if you had played Nashville each game in this series, you'd be up about 62 bucks if you were betting $100 a game. All right, the other one going on right now is obviously the Penguins going up against the Senators. Is the, the Penguins are the overall favorite to win the Stanley Cup. Is there anything to play here? They're tied up 1-1 going back to Canada. Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised. Game three uh, back uh, when the series shifts, usually the, the home team is favored and, and Penguins are minus 125 here. I think that says a lot. I, I pay a strong attention to the chalk in hockey uh, in these strange situations. And I think... That's telling us a lot. Just looking at the line alone, I'm looking at the Penguins here, an experienced team. I think that was a bit of a heartbreaker for the Sens, and I think they're going to steal one on the road in Ottawa tonight. We're talking to John Campbell at Johnny Oddshark on Twitter. Go to oddshark.com if you want to read his articles. NFL, uh, it seems like it's still a decent amount away, but the over-unders have come out for every individual team as well as odds to win the division. Most intriguing division to me, at least initially, is the AFC South, where the where the off, offshore makers and, and Vegas as well are basically saying there's not much difference at all between the Houston Texans, Tennessee Titans, and the Indianapolis Colts. Is that the most intriguing division battle to you, or what jumped out to you about these numbers? Yeah, I, I, I think so. Uh, that That's a really interesting one where, where the Jags are at six and then you've got uh, the other three teams uh, between eight and nine. So it, that's a really tight one, and, and uh, I, I like a couple plays there. I really like the Titans to go over uh, at eight and a half. They opened nine and a half at one book, and another one opened them at eight and a half. I think if they can clean up their defense just a little bit, I think uh, they're looking at double-digit wins this year. So that's a really interesting division. There, there are a few other tight ones. One of the most interesting things is uh, the New England Patriots, just the over money won't stop flowing in on them. And they open at 11.5 wins. They moved up to 12.5, which is just – that's a huge number for NFL win totals, 12.5. To kind of put that into perspective for listeners, you would have to, the Patriots would have to go 13-3 and three or better in order for you to cash a check, which is obviously a tremendously good season. Yeah, we're talking about one of the best seasons ever, and uh, people can't line up fast enough to to uh, throw their money down on the over. So books won't go to thirteen, but uh, the money they're seeing, uh, they, they uh, you know they they can't believe it either. I talked to a couple odds rankers this week, so that's one that surprises me uh, a little bit. Um, and uh, the Bears under is another one that 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 was the most popular under bet. They're at five or five and a half wins, depending on on where you look, and, and that's a play where I actually like the over. I think the Bears improved a little bit down the final stretch of the season. I know they have quarterback questions, but uh, I like the over in that one. One of the fascinating ways you can bet offshore right now is Donald Trump and whether or not he's going to actually finish his term. Yes, you can bet on the presidency. What are the odds markets telling you right now about Donald Trump's future as United States president? 
Well, last week when we talked, uh, for him to complete his first term, yes was actually favored at minus 130. And uh, it's amazing the difference a week makes. Those odds have flip-flopped now, and no is actually favored at minus 130. And across the board, the, the, the odds have kind of come down as well in terms of impeachment and, and all that sort of thing. So it's amazing just what the news can do to the odds in, in a week's time. So this is a this is a wild story. Again, the odds makers offshore are saying right now it is more likely than not that Donald Trump is not going to finish his first term as president. Yes, yeah, it, it, it's amazing. I mean, it, it would be a historic thing if that happened. And right now, uh, that's what's favored to happen. John Campbell, I appreciate the time. Good luck gambling tonight on Celtics and uh, Cavs, and also on Penguins and uh, and Senators. Thanks a lot, Clay. Have a good one. You can follow John Campbell at Johnny Oddshark. Final segment, first hour coming up next. I am Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage. Do we have Animal Thunderdome news? We might have Animal Thunderdome news. Hate to tease you, but it's going to happen. Next on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Last night, best sporting event of the evening, unless you count the ping pong balls in the NBA draft lottery, was the Anaheim Ducks on the road at the Nashville Predators. It was tied up one apiece when it was tied up one apiece when even after there was no certainty, uncertainty as to who was going to win this game. Because let's be honest, Keith Urban came out and he performed. And every game that the Predators have not had that loser national anthem singer who was upset that he was being replaced by celebrities, they've won. So they were five and zero at home with good superstar national anthem singers and last night it was tied up 1-1 and you knew exactly what was going to happen good national anthem singer at home means the Preds win but this still had to happen to make it a reality 50 seconds left and the puck is knocked down Yossi scores Roman Yossi scores on the power play and the Predators take a 2-1 lead Again, big-time win, that call courtesy of the Predators Radio Network. Yossi puts it past John Gibson, 343 left on the power play. Nashville hangs on to win. They lead the Western Conference Finals 2-1, game four tomorrow night. It has been an explosive and awesome atmosphere here in Nashville. That's your Geico play of the day. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico 15 minutes Ago. All right. You've been demanding it. You 100% need it. And I have got two ridiculous animal Thunderdome news stories for you in the final hour here. In the beginning of hour two, we're going to talk about Lonzo Ball to the Lakers. But right now, it's time for the animal Thunderdome. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm just glad I was there. Boys and girls. I thought he thought I was like this ginormous piece of chicken. Dying times here. This is Animal Thunderdome. City of Los Angeles. Ecstatic over the addition of Lonzo Ball. Everybody, in theory, very excited about what the big baller brand is going to be capable of. But there was somebody else with their own big baller brand in L.A. County, and it resulted in one of the largest seizures of cockfighting and cockfighting illegal breeding purposes ever done. Several were arrested. 
how many different cockfighting birds were seized? 7,000! 7,000 cockfighting birds seized in L.A. Let's bring in the L.A. crew. Would you have ever believed that there was a cockfighting ring that was so popular in L.A. County that they could seize 7,000 of these? (laughs) This is an amazing play. Yeah, that's very believable, Clay, because in Southern California, we love nature and definitely have a big love for animals. Quote from the arresting officers, having the birds fight to death along with letting them go untreated is not only cruel, but oftentimes goes hand in hand with gambling, drug dealing, illegal gun sales, and murder. Who knew there were so many people obsessed with cockfighting in the L.A. region? And here we have a double dose for you. Also on the West Coast, this is the state of Washington. A woman's facing several charges after she was found driving drunk and crashed Monday afternoon with a bearded dragon lizard in her bra. At 1.30 p.m., they found a vehicle that crashed into a tree. The crash flattened all of the car's tires, set off the airbags, and they found a 39-year-old woman slurring her words, laughing and drooling when they found her inside of her Mercedes, and they found out that she had a lizard stuffed in her bra when they took her for took her in for her arrest. Unbelievable moves there. That is Animal Thunderdome news. Woman drunk driving with a lizard in her bra and the cockfighting. Which of these stories is more unbelievable in the Animal Thunderdome realm? Let's go around the horn. Jason Martin, woman who drives drunk with a lizard in her bra or the 7,000 birds seized in a cockfighting ring in L.A.? I'm going with the woman in the bra. Anybody will do anything to make money. 7,000 is an awful lot of foul, and no word on whether one of them was little Jerry Seinfeld or not. Yes. But at the same time, I would suggest that a lizard in a bra is a little bit more rare being pulled over drunk, and there's a lizard climbing out of the maiden form. That's a problem. Danny G and Justin, do you agree with uh, <laughs> that this is the play? I'd go the other way. That's a lot of cockfighting. We don't have very many farms here in Southern California, so that's uh, pretty eye-popping. I'm going with you. I think it's actually more surprising that everything is there. And Jason Martin, you actually, this is a, we're, this is an unbelievable. We have four Animal Thunderdome stories. You have two more? Oh, yeah. Australian woman's car hood, a coiled snake, was pulled from her car hood after it crawled on her windshield while she was driving. It crawled through her engine compartment onto her windshield while she was driving. A snake catcher then removed the red-bellied black snake, which had settled itself neatly underneath her hood. So if you didn't like driving before, you definitely don't like driving now. The idea that a snake might be under your hood, it could just strike at any minute and jump on your windshield, that's not a positive at all in Australia. And the other one, and you can find video of this. I'll, I'll actually try and tweet this out during the break. There's a family of bear cubs, four of them to be exact, that got loose in a Connecticut family's backyard and began wrestling on the family trampoline. All Trampolines four the are bears. pretty awesome. Yeah, four bears on a family trampoline. Apparently they destroyed the trampoline, <laughs> but no one was harmed. 
There's video of the bears on the trampoline? There is, and I'm looking at a photo of it right now. It's pretty ridiculous. There's two of the bears watching as two of the others are Rochambeauing in the middle of the trampoline. What is Rochambeauing? Just brawling, kicking each other in the nards. I don't know is that, that a they're fancy, actually kicking is that each a, other. Is that a fancy wrestling term that you're trying no, to show it's, off it's, there? No, it's really not. The first time I ever heard it was on South Park, so... Do you guys know that term? I, th- Danny I thought G, that you know was that rock, term? paper, scissors. Rochambeau. Yeah, I have no That's idea what Rochambeauing is. Yeah. He's trying to show off. That's when you know you worked in professional wrestling. Uh, first hour of the books, definitely a Marconi Award one. We're going to start off hour two talking about not the cockfighting ring in L.A., but Lonzo Ball to L.A. How good is that for the NBA? We will discuss. We'll bring in our experts from L.A. We will discuss in great detail. And then we'll have Jeff Schwartz on. I'm Clay Travis. Lonzo to L.A. up next on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. As well, as always, Duralast batteries proven tough and designed to stand up to even the most extreme weather conditions with patented technology to deliver the most power during startup, get in the zone, auto zone. There were three winners last night. Number one winner, I would say it was the Golden State Warriors. They absolutely crushed the San Antonio Spurs, eliminated any doubt. I think even among the most diehard of Spurs fans that the Warriors are going to win the Western Conference Finals and advance to the NBA Finals. Number two winner, I would say it was the Nashville Predators going up 2-1 on the Anaheim Ducks. Number three winner, and this is kind of a co-win, Boston Celtics get the number one overall seed. Man, did they ever fleece the New Jersey Nets in that trade when they sent all their old pieces to the Nets and in the process get the number one overall pick but the big winner given the fact that they could have lost their pick the LA Lakers now are poised to be able to select Lonzo Ball and to me this is a massive win for the NBA now so much of a massive win that right now if you go on social media it's still trending from last night that many people believe the NBA draft lottery is rigged they end up with two big markets Boston and LA Oh, wow, they get the number one and the number two picks given the salary cap room that the Boston Celtics have. This has been a tremendous rebuild. Danny Ainge deserves credit for being an absolute wizard. I don't think he's gotten anywhere near as much credit as he deserves for the Celtics for what they've been able to pull off. This is a fabulous rebuild. Again, they're in the Eastern Conference Finals. They play tonight against the Cavs. I don't even think Celtics fans are worried about this series because they basically are convinced, you know what, we've got an incredible young coach in Brad Stevens. We have got a fantastic young nucleus of players. Now we get the overall number one pick. Expectations are that they are going to go out and make their team a lot better and take a guy, honestly, that none of you have probably watched play. I bring in Jason Martin. Jason, have you watched this guy from Washington actually play? Because I haven't. He's the presumptive number one overall pick. I've watched Lonzo Ball play a ton. I haven't watched the guy from Washington hardly play at all, and I bet I'm like most of the nation there. I've seen maybe five or six games from Markel Fultz. I don't know that I've watched like 40 minutes straight of him, but he is an impressive scorer. Which well, is- would, you, would you agree for a consensus number one pick, and I looked at the offshore numbers, like he's minus 300 to be yeah. the number one pick, like 75% chance he's going to be the number one pick. He's relatively anonymous. It, most of the time, number one picks are guys that we at least know on a decent level because they played in the NCAA tournament because they advanced. You think about... For instance, Carmelo Anthony back in the day, like they have had a run. They have some knowledge base. Or back in the day, they were high school kids like LeBron, who had been on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Everybody knew. I think he's going to end up being one of the more anonymous number one picks that we've ever seen, especially considering it's a consensus. Most people seem to think he's going to go number one. And 
it's not as if, you know, this is going to be an, was an Anthony Bennett, like at the last minute where people are like, oh, I guess we're going to take him number one. And nobody really, it was kind of a debate about who was going to be the number one overall pick. This guy is, I think, very anonymous given the fact that there seems to be a consensus about him being the top pick. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think that that's a product of how bad Washington was. Like Markel Fultz was good. And if you ever watched his highlights, I mean, he's just a flat out scorer. He's a flat out leader. His wingspan's longer than Lonzo Ball. But he was always talked about as being the top player in this draft pretty much from before the season even started in college last year. And I, I agree that a whole lot of people haven't gotten a chance to watch him. I'll be interested to see if Boston does go that route. And I'm pretty sure they're going to how he will fit in with a guy like Isaiah Thomas, who's basically the new Allen Iverson, a guy that has taken every shot that they've needed him to take with the exception of what Kelly Olenek did uh, to close out the Washington Wizards. But Fultz and Thomas, that's really, really intriguing if they go that route. Uh, And then you heard Casey yesterday say they needed rebounding and some of those kinds of things. And they do, and they're still going to have to address those problems, maybe in free agency, maybe they're going to pick some people up during the summer, because that's not really what Fultz does. Fultz is pretty much a pure scorer first, more than anything else. But you talk about that, and then you remember, this trade Brooklyn made was hideous. Like, one of the worst trades of all time, to get those three guys at the tail end of their career, and to give up what they gave up to Boston. You talk about Danny Ainge being a genius. Yeah, he's a genius, all right. The pick last night, and they also have Brooklyn's pick next year. Yeah. Their first rounder next year. And that could also be the number one pick in the draft. Can you imagine being in the Eastern Conference Finals with an MVP-ish candidate in Isaiah Thomas? A young nucleus, a great coach. You're going to get the top pick, probably Markel Fultz. And then next year you could also get a top pick? That's Boston's market. I mean, that is that is the rich getting richer if I've ever seen it before. That is like the Colts stumbling into Andrew Luck after one year uh, without Peyton Manning. Like, that's it, unbelievable. And effectively what everybody is doing is they are biding time until LeBron finally starts to show some cracks in the facade of dominance that he has carried over the league for a decade plus, right? I mean, that's what everybody's angling for, whether you're the Washington Wizards, whether you're the Boston Celtics. That's kind of the subplot of the Eastern Conference is – can we be the heir apparent when LeBron finally stumbles? I don't think it's going to happen this year. Could it happen next year? Maybe. We'll see. And by the way, I think I called them the New Jersey Nets. Is that better or worse than the Anaheim Mighty Ducks? How long have they been out of New Jersey now? They've been out of New Jersey for a while, Clay, but I would still say, well, you know what? It's basketball. Basketball is more widely known. You probably, you know, hockey is still sort of a niche sport. I would suggest that the NBA is probably the worse the more egregious error i'm gonna and i'm gonna mixing mark up it on new the jersey list. new jersey and brooklyn is more indefensible than thinking that the ducks were still the anaheim mighty ducks yeah i think so yeah I mean, so they still got the mighty ducks logo on their shoulder plus in anaheim brooklyn does. in brooklyn it's the house jay-z built so how you can right not, you know but that is what like eight years or so they've been in brooklyn probably seven years something like that i'm looking it up right now yeah I think, so i think it's about eight I don't buy into the idea that in any way the NBA draft lottery is rigged, but I totally understand why social media exploded. First of all, when they were counting down, and it was, it was pretty entertaining. Look, they, they spent way too much time talking about what the envelopes were going to show, but once they started breaking down the overall draft lottery, did you notice when the three teams were left, they were in the order that they were actually going to end up in? Which seems like it seemed to, that was where a lot of people said, "Wait a minute!" When they got to the final three and they went to commercial break on ESPN, the final three obviously were 
I can't even remember. Obviously, one was okay. Philadelphia is the one I couldn't remember. Philadelphia has got three, so it was in order that they were going to be drafting. It was in you know like from left to right on your screen. It was the exact order that they ended up being in. Philadelphia three, the Lakers two, and the Celtics one. And so everybody started screenshotting that among other things. And look, there has long been a rumor that the NBA was involved in rigging the NFL the 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 draft lottery. I have said this for a long time, and I, I continue to propose it. I think on some level, they should have the bottom eight teams play a tournament for the number one overall pick. And so if you win that final eight, and I understand the challenge is the eighth best team would theoretically win it and everything else. The lottery to me is just, it, it lends itself to notions of it being fixed. And the NBA doesn't help itself because of all the major pro sports leagues, the NBA is the shadiest. I think the officiating matters the most. I think the idea is that there is more nefarious activity going on in the NBA than anywhere else. Not to say that other leagues haven't had officiating controversy. Certainly the NFL has. Major League Baseball, there's always you know questions about strike zones, and now instant replay kind of eliminates that a little bit. But there's always the hint of impropriety surrounding anything when it comes to officiating. I think the vast majority of the time, mostly unfair. Certainly college football and college basketball are rife. We just saw Kentucky fans lose their mind over John Higgins, the official that they blamed for their loss in that game uh, against, uh, against who was it? I can't even remember now, uh, that North Carolina beat him. And everybody came undone, death threats, everything else. But I think the NBA consistently has that rumor. And to me, the big prize here is not faults to the Celtics. It is the Lakers getting Alonzo Ball. And the NBA is unmistakably better when Lonzo Ball and the Lakers are going to be relevant, right? I mean, the Lakers have sucked ever since Kobe basically got that ridiculous contract that he didn't deserve at the end of his at the end of his career, and he had the goodbye tour and everything else. This year, the Lakers were atrocious. I don't think there's any doubt at all. Like, not quite 100% because I could see Danny Ainge trying to confuse people and make them think that he's going to take Lonzo Ball. But in general... It would be a stunner if Lonzo Ball is not a member of the Lakers, and this basically fulfills everything LeVar Ball wanted, right? He's going to be right there in the nation's second biggest media market. His son is just moving up the street a little bit from UCLA down to the Staples Center, from Pauley Pavilion to the Staples Center, and LeVar Ball is going to have his younger sons there playing in UCLA. He's going to have the big baller brand everywhere all over the City of Angels, And this is a massive sports star. I'm going to be honest with you. I was so excited when I saw the Lakers come up at number two and I knew that Lonzo Ball was going to be in L.A. Because for somebody who wants L.A. drama, who wants NBA excitement, this is about as good as it gets. I can't wait to see what's going to happen here. I can't wait until LeVar Ball and Luke Walton get into it. You know it's going to happen. I can't wait until LeVar Ball comes out and says that he should be named the head coach of the Lakers. I can't wait to see what is going to happen with the Lonzo Ball show rolling into Staples Center. I think it's going to be Showtime 2.0. I think that everything about Magic Johnson, except for the fact that Magic Johnson didn't have a crazy-ass dad who was one of the best, the Kardashians of, uh, of, of the NBA. You guys are out in L.A. How much excitement is there, Danny G and Justin, over, theoretically, Lonzo Ball basically being signed, sealed, and delivered for the Lakers? I'm pretty excited, Clay. I mean, I was jumping up and down in my living room when they were uh, drawing the cards and I saw that the Lakers were going to keep the pick. And then when it got to number two instead of number three, I was like, all right, that that seals it. That's that's Lonzo. 
So I just I hope he lives up to the hype because our previous number two picks haven't so far. No kidding. This is the third straight year the Lakers have had the number two pick. If they continue to suck, then uh, yeah. then that is obviously but, on them. But Danny is, G, how much excitement? Yeah, I was going to say, Clay, that this is different this time because Magic has the reins. and Because you, you know what was going on with the Bus family and the Laker naysayers are, you know, saying, well, nothing is – no championships are going to come again since Dr. Bus passed away. His children obviously – weren't getting along, but now that Magic and Genie are running the show, and and you got Rob Palinka as the general manager, things are looking on the uh, uh, taking an uptick. And this city was so excited. Every local TV station, every local radio station last night, buzzing, all the callers buzzing, and lots of questions popped up right away. Should we put a, a package together to trade for Paul George? Or is it Lonzo as a lock? But what if the uh, Celtics try to uh, bluff? And do you think Danny Ainge will try to, you know, act like he's interested in taking ball at number one to try to force the Lakers to move up and give the Celtics some more? Because we know Danny Ainge loves to hoard draft picks. So lots of question marks. Uh, and, and the city's really excited to find out what's going to happen during the offseason. How does D'Angelo Russell fit in here? Um, is he going to make some more videos? Is he going to do what? Like, what's the vibe here? Because obviously, the, the I think the Celtics, there's no way. I mean, they could fake that they're going to take him. But is it fair to say, can we go around the horn, that the idea of a Isaiah Thomas and Lonzo Ball is a really awkward pairing? It, it, I, that just doesn't make sense to me. Let's go around the horn. Does it make any sense at all for the Celtics in real life to consider taking Lonzo Ball? Jason Martin. No, I, Lonzo Ball just doesn't strike me as a Boston kind of player anyway. It doesn't seem like he fits the market right. I think that's the key of this whole thing is the LeVar Ball experience, the Kardashian experience that you mentioned. All of those kind of things lend themselves to Hollywood. They lend there will be a reality show yes. surrounding the big baller brand within six months. I don't think there's any doubt. LeVar Ball is going to sign. Right now, LeVar Ball is probably already waking up and getting set up on the idea of what kind of reality show he can get working I don't think there's any doubt. But I, I don't even mean necessarily in terms of cultural fit. I just don't see how Lonzo Ball makes sense with Isaiah Thomas. Well, I mean, Lonzo's a great passer. The things he does don't necessarily involve scoring first, whereas with Fultz they do. Isaiah but I'm Thomas he is needs a scorer the ball. first, second, and He needs and third. the ball, right? Like you mentioned Isaiah Thomas is Allen Iverson. I don't think that's a bad analogy. Obviously, AI was a lot bigger. Of course. But, but Isaiah Thomas needs the ball in his hands. And even if Lonzo Ball is not necessarily going to score, the rapid ball movement style, right, that they played at UCLA, which was so fun to watch, that doesn't really fit what the Celtics do with Isaiah Thomas. No, it doesn't because he a lot of times it's just him against the world. That's why I compared him to Iverson, not necessarily that he's on Iverson's level, just the idea that a lot of times it ends up in his hands with four other guys watching him. He was kind of the Westbrook of the East in a lot of those fourth quarters. I don't think that necessarily lends itself to Ball because Ball wants to kind of see the entire floor, visualize what's going to happen, and then move it around to inevitably get it where it needs to go, whereas sometimes when it goes to Isaiah, it's going to stay with Isaiah. So I do think that he can have much more of an impact on the flow of the game in L.A. with guys that really still are trying to find their way. He can go in there and lead those guys to be better. I think he can make Brandon Ingram a much better player. D'Angelo Russell has obviously been pretty disappointing. You've seen some flashes from guys like Randall and some of those guys in the past, but Lonzo Ball fits what L.A. wants to do because they need and have not had a floor general, I would suggest, since – 
I guess since Derek Fisher, really, and as a passer, Ball, of course, far better than Derek Fisher. No doubt at all. So we think Lonzo Ball is headed to L.A. Big time get. We're going to talk to an L.A. native coming up next. He's Jeff Schwartz, huge Laker fan. We'll talk about the decision in the lottery and also break down the NFL and everything that is surrounding the drama of the offseason there. And we're going to ask him about this James Harden story. Again, if you don't know this James Harden story, going to give you a little bit more of the details associated with it. But the rumor is another L.A. guy, right? Uh, Hollywood uh, Hollywood Harden is part of the tag that James Harden, according to a lawsuit that has been filed, paid $20,000 to a bunch of guys to beat up Moses Malone Jr. in a Houston area strip club to rob him over a Facebook post. This is real life. I am Clay Travis. You are listening to Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico, Fox Sports Radio Studios. Great news. Quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Got a poll question up for you. It's always the question, is the NBA draft lottery rigged? I'm just kind of curious what you guys think. Again, the poll question up right now. You can go find it at Twitter. My name is Clay Travis, at Clay Travis. So far, several hundred of you have voted. 56% of you saying yes. We bring in Jeff Schwartz. Jeff, how excited are you about Lonzo Ball and the idea of him playing for the Lakers? You're an L.A. guy. Is this, uh, were you you pretty pumped watching the draft lottery last night? Yes, he'd be a great fit in L.A. His dad, on the other hand, would scare me, but. I think it's fabulous. I I think you, well, yeah, for, for people in the media, it's a great, it's a great thing. But if you're a Lakers fan, I think you have to be worried about um, what he might say. Can you imagine, you know, the first game, second game, you know, D'Angelo Russell doesn't play well and, and LeVar Ball comes out and just makes a lot of noise about that. I mean, I, I think that could be an issue in the locker room. But otherwise, I think Lonzo Ball would be a great fit in L.A. And they might package the deal, uh, excuse me, the pick and send him somewhere else to get a Paul George or, or get someone else to start building the roster because you have to win with a little older players. I'm not sure the Lakers are going to wait another four or five years for all their guys to mature. I think it's crazy to believe the draft lottery is rigged personally because I don't think the NBA would risk it because there's so much money at stake. That's fraud. That's a criminal. Uh, that's criminal liability. You could go to jail for rigging the in an in NBA draft lottery. So I don't believe that the risk is worth it by any stretch of the imagination. But lots of people do. In fact, the majority of people in my poll voting right now believe the NBA draft lottery is rigged. Do you? No, of course not. It's not rigged. People say that just because they're upset the Lakers are the second pick and Boston's number one, which, by the way, they got in a trade. So it really is not their pick. That pick was the Nets. That's the Nets' fault for doing an awful deal. Um, it's not rigged. Look, um, the NBA doesn't want the Lakers to be awful. They don't want the Sixers to be awful. They'd much rather them you know, be in the playoffs still and there be competitive basketball games and be in the bottom of the lottery and, you know, years away from winning. So, I never thought it's rigged. I mean, the NBA does have a lot of coincidences that would, I think, lead you to believe that something extra is going on, but I I don't think there's any way that um, they would take the risk of rigging a a draft. When you played in the NFL, we're talking to Jeff Schwartz, uh, eight-year NFL veteran. He joins us every single Wednesday. When you played in the NFL, did you ever think anything shady happened when you were on the field? Like, was there ever a moment where you were like, these refs were out to get us, where you felt like a team that you were on got treated unfairly? There were times where uh, I felt that way. I never thought it was on purpose. Like I never thought it was rigged. I remember playing Philly uh, when I was uh, in New York, and we were trying to go. We were in Philly, and we were trying to play an up-tempo um, 
kind of no huddle offense and the refs just wouldn't let us do it for whatever reason they just wouldn't let us do it and that was when chip was still there and they were letting philly go as fast as they wanted and for whatever reason they weren't letting us go fast and the refs control that you know the umpire stands over the ball and he can kind of dictate the the tempo of of your offense even if you don't if you don't sub you're allowed to go as fast as you want the ref is not allowed to stand over the ball if you do sub the ref has to allow the uh, the defense to make their own substitutions that mirror the offense and for whatever reason that game i just remember we were we were dog cussing the ref because he would wink it over the, wink it off the ball uh he gave us no reason why and just seemed like that game for whatever reason um you know he just wouldn't let us go fast and that's not a he's not a rig thing but we were at philly um and maybe you know he just was tired of us chirping in his ear so he's making it tough on us do you think Seattle will sign Colin Kaepernick? I think someone will. Um, I kind of hope someone does because I'm just the Twitter is just it's just awful. Every time a quarterback signs, it could be for one year and five hundred thousand, which <laughs> Kaepernick will never sign for. He's worth more than yes. that. We all know that. Um, oh my God, why is Cap not signed? Well, because Cap is not a third string quarterback. That's why he's not signed. Um, do I believe that teams have stayed away from him? Yes. Do I believe it's because of his stance, yes. Um, can he play in the NFL? Yes, he can still play in the NFL. Um, can he start? I, I don't know. You know, what's, what's fascinating to me is, you know, he was beat out by Blaine Gabbert to start the season, right? In yes. Chip Kelly's offense. And, and he'd be perfect fit for Chip Kelly's offense. So something wasn't right to start the season. And now we're going back and we're taking deep dives in his play and how it translates to everything else. And he should be a starter. He wasn't a starter last year. And the NFL doesn't work that way. The NFL just doesn't determine – um, the next year, a guy's not a starter, and now all of a sudden he's a starter. It doesn't work like that, especially at quarterback. And, um, look, can he still play? Yes. Um, will he be good? I think he'd be great in Carolina. I think he'd be great in Seattle. I actually think he'd be great in Cleveland, too, uh, playing for, the, for Hugh Jackson. I thought he would have been fine in San Francisco, playing with Shanahan's offense. I said that all along. So, um, you know, we just the conflicting reports out there, um, you know, it'd be nice if, if he were to give an interview and talk about it himself instead of everyone else talking about it. A lot of people are saying it's racist. You are Jewish. You played in the NFL for eight years. What I've always argued is that the NFL, for better or worse, is a huge meritocracy. In other words, you play whether you're because you're the best or not. Do you feel like you ever saw guys discriminated against in the NFL, or do you think the average NFL coach and GM that you played for and you went to a lot of different teams cares at all about anything other than winning? They care about winning, plain and simple. They get paid to win. Um, coaching is tough. You know, you move around every couple of years. Your family goes through a lot. And the only way you stay on the team is you win. The way you get paid. You get paid more when you win. You win a Super Bowl, you get bonuses. You, you know, you move up. Look at Atlanta. Atlanta got to the Super Bowl, and three of their coaches left for better jobs. Um, that's what the name of the game is. And if you can win a game um, for an NFL team, they don't care what you look like. They don't care – who you worship, they don't care. I play with, with, with Muslim guys in Kansas City. Uh, they, they don't care. No one cares. He's a great guy. He's great at football. Um, and so I, I just don't think it matters. Um, I don't think it has anything to do with race. I, now, the political part of it, I think that, that when you are not the best of your position, um, any distraction is looked upon negatively. Uh, and that distraction could be something as the guy always gets hurt. He's just in the training room too much, right? And if you're not good enough – they're not going to put up with it. 
Outstanding stuff. We're going to bring Jeff Schwartz back on the flip side. But first, let's figure out what's trending now. And by the way, I'm going to tell him about this James Harden story. If you haven't heard it yet, he's going to love it. Another Hollywood guy getting into trouble. But first, let's find out what's trending now. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. As well as with TrueCar, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. And on average, save over three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Talking to Jeff Schwartz now. You can follow him on Twitter at Jeff Schwartz. Jeff, before I get to the James Harden story, I bet you saw this. How big of a pussy willow is the guy who used to sing the national anthem for the Preds at the fact that he's been replaced by Carrie Fisher, uh, that he has been – Carrie Underwood. Sorry, Carrie Fisher would be a hell of a play. Be a hell of a back from the yeah, grave. Uh, if, if Mike Fisher was able to pull that off, that would be impressive. That would be very impressive. She's married to Mike Fisher. Carrie Underwood, uh, you've got Little Big Town. You've got uh, – last night you had Keith Urban. You've had Luke Bryan. You have had – Lady Annabellum, Vince Gill, all these different superstar country music singers. By the way, the Preds now 6-0 and in the NHL playoffs when they have a superstar sing the national anthem, 6-0 and at home. How much of a pussy willow is that guy to complain that he's been replaced by those superstars? Yeah, he shouldn't be complaining about it, but I will tell you what. Hockey seems like if you have looked at the history of, those, of the singers, like Chicago I think has one who's done it for 50 years. He might have just retired, but it seems to be very um, – yeah, they seem to be very loyal to their anthems. Are you trying to defend this guy? No, 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 no. I'm not defending I, him. I, it I could, sounds like is you're trying to defend this pussy wall. I could just, I could see where he's coming from, but I would do the stars. I mean, I'm, you know, whenever the Lakers, Dodgers have these situations in the playoffs, they bring in their stars. And look, it's working obviously because Nashville keeps winning, and they're the eighth seed, and now they're two games away from from getting to the finals, which is ridiculous. Okay, so I'm not defending the guy. I'm just saying I, I can I, see where he'd be upset. No, I think you're defending the guy. I think maybe you're a pussy willow too. All right, so this, <laughs> speaking of pussy willows, this is an unbelievable story. James Harden right now is being sued. In an hour three, we're going to talk to the attorney who has filed this lawsuit. I don't know how much attention you've paid to this, Jeff, because it hasn't really blown up like I think it's going to blow up. Moses Malone Jr., the son of, obviously, Moses Malone, has filed a lawsuit. And in that lawsuit, he accused James Harden of being the mastermind behind his assault and robbery in a strip club. And he says that James Harden gave $20,000 in cash to the four guys who beat his ass. And the reason for the decision was a Facebook post. Why was James Harden upset? Because Moses Malone Jr. wrote on Facebook, don't he make way more dollars than Donald Driver? but he charging $249, and the inner city kids have no chance to go to his camp. Hollywood Harden, hashtag fact. Where does paying somebody $20,000 to beat them up because you don't like a Facebook post rank potentially in the dumbest moves in NBA history? This is, this is, a, this is a, a, not a typical millennial story, but it doesn't surprise me that someone would be upset over a Facebook post. I mean, can it's you perfect. imagine this 10 years ago? Like, oh, like uh, I, I don't think that Harden would pay that much money um, because of a, of a measly Facebook post. Um, I feel like Harden has more important things to worry about during this time of year. I mean, he did. Maybe, maybe he doesn't anymore. But I, I just 
I think it's going to be hard to prove. Uh, what, do you think that Harden, you know, that he got a receipt for it so he could write it off for his taxes? I mean, well, they've charged the four. Well, here's the deal. They've charged the four guys with a crime. And if I were a DA in Houston, now the challenging thing is, obviously, if you're a DA in Houston, you don't necessarily want to antagonize people because James Harden's very popular in the city. But why would you not try to get those four guys to turn in, turn on James Harden because he's got the best criminal defense attorney potentially in the state of Texas and Rusty Harden now representing him. So to me, this story is they haven't been able to connect Harden to the, 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 according to the reports, they haven't been able to connect Harden from a criminal perspective to this story. And they say that they waited to name him in the lawsuit till the season ended, which is funny in and of itself. Like uh, we're going to talk again to the attorney in the final hour. But this is a perfect story to me about the modern-day NBA because I can just picture somebody like, as the guy's getting punched, he says that he was being told, this is what you get for your Facebook post. Like, is there anything more modern-day NBA than some dude like going, uh, boom, and this, boom, and this, boom, is going to teach you don't ever write something bad on Facebook about James Harden. Like, if you really think the NBA sucks and you don't like this generation of NBA players compared to, like, the old school Michael Jordan, Patrick Ewing uh, era, John Stockton, Carl Malone era NBA, can you imagine Michael Jordan paying somebody to beat him up because he didn't like what somebody said about him on Facebook? So, so my question is, I'm, I'm reading the story. So they knew this this gentleman, Moses Malone Jr., would be at the at the club, but like they already planned it out that he'd be there. Like how they know he was going to be there to pay the bouncer to do this? Like it doesn't it doesn't seem to to make sense. It seems just a lot of work just for a Facebook post. Oh, like, I, no I think it's, be, you're no about to, to say there's no way it can be. He gets, he gets plenty of of mean and negative tweets and face, especially after what happened after Game Six. I'm sure he has plenty of them, and he says choose this one and use this to set an example, it seems ridiculous. Unless he feels like this guy was used to be loyal to him or whatever, and this is like particularly <laughs> insulting. Like Again, there's no way to defend it on an intellectual level. It's incredibly stupid. You make $100 million a year. People talk about you all the time. Why do you care about this? And I'll ask the attorney this in the in, when we have him on next hour uh, down in Houston to talk about this lawsuit that's been filed. But to me, it's just an amazing story. Like I can't stop thinking about how big this thing could get again especially if he gets charged and he must think there's a decent chance that he's going to be charged if he's already retained the top criminal defense attorney in all of Houston again this story is just now starting it was filed yesterday it's just now starting to get some attention people are starting to pick up on it and when we talk to this attorney in the next hour uh, I, I think it's going to grow that much more we have him on on all 50 states and, and everywhere else with our with our show I mean that's it's a pretty wild story it is, and real quick, I think this, like LeBron's been NBA how many years? Thirteen years, and he's not had one story Great like point. this. Like he's had nothing. Never has he done anything remotely can be traced back to him. I mean, he doesn't seem to make any waves. Um, that's just another reason why I root for the guy, and I hope the Cavs win it all. I I vary back and forth right now. I'm rooting for the Warriors. That's the way that I move in the NBA. But I think there's no doubt that the sto- the part of LeBron's story that nobody talks about is effectively LeBron's a child star. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated at 16 or 17 years old. Think about how often in Hollywood child stars. Use Lindsay Lohan as an example. Lindsay Lohan, whether you like her or not, is an incredibly talented actress. Mean Girls is a fantastic movie. You sit and watch Mean Girls and you think, man, Lindsay Lohan has got some serious acting talent. And she makes that movie and it looks like her career is going to be great. And maybe she's going to become the female Leonardo DiCaprio. Going to go do all sorts of extraordinary movies. Going to have a tremendous career. 
and then she goes off the rails. And it happens all the time in Hollywood, right? Guy who seems like he's going to be really successful, girl who seems like she's going to be really successful. We see it in music. We see it in movies. LeBron James has never been in trouble. Now, do I think he's a little bit of a pussy willow? Yes. Does he sometimes say things that annoy me? Like when he got mad about the triggered by the use of the word posse, by the fact that he's got like a safety pin on his lapel, all these things, the fact that he was upset about Charles Barkley saying that he was whining too much. Yes. Do I think he overreacts to that stuff? Do I think he has rabbit ears? All of those things are true. But in terms of actually being a bad guy or even being accused of doing anything bad, LeBron has been as clean as a guy can be from about the age of 16 to 31 or 32 like he is now. And I think that's got to be a credit to LeBron. Plus, he's also running the NBA team. Like, he makes decisions for the team. He's he a player runs coach. that locker room. He does all these other things that just not, you know, like in, you, know, you brought Lindsay Lohan. At, at her age, she's just acting. She's not producing, not directing. He's producing and directing an NBA team, winning championships and doing all these things and never – getting in trouble. I mean, you know, is he, you ever get him, you know, there's no photos of him at the club, at the strip club. You know, he's not going to the strip club after a loss. Um, you know, he's not doing these things that other guys do. So it's just another credit to him. I, I love LeBron. I've always not understood the hate for him because I think people just don't like greatness sometimes. And I think that a lot of people that comment on sports nowadays uh, grew up in the Jordan era. So they just always want to compare him to Jordan. And everyone loves Jordan and, and everyone doesn't like LeBron the same level. I think that's a very strong argument. We'll talk about it on the flip side, this Jordan versus uh, LeBron take. I've got a little bit to add here. Uh, That's Jeff Schwartz. He joins us every single Wednesday. Good stuff, my man. Yep, take care, guys. We'll do this. is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. Let's talk about this with Jeff Schwartz at the end of the last segment. And I'm not the guy who's going to sit around and make Michael Jordan versus LeBron James arguments every single day after every LeBron James game as if you need to constantly be reevaluating this. I think at the end of every season, you can take a look and say, okay, let's compare them. I think they're the two greatest basketball players of all time. But I will say this. A lot of the venom, I think, that comes from people who say that LeBron James is is, is really a great basketball player comes from – Michael Jordan people who don't want to allow the idea that something from their youth might not be the best. It's nostalgia. If you acknowledge many people out there, I'm in the Jordan generation, right? There's a large number of Jordan generation people out there right now. If you acknowledge that Michael Jordan is not better than LeBron James or that LeBron James could be better than Michael Jordan, what you're effectively having to do is combat your childhood, The nostalgia that you have created around Michael Jordan came in an era before cynicism, right? I always find that when I write about things that happen before a cynical age, it's burnished with a glow of artificial reality, by which I mean you don't look at things cynically when you are a young sports fan. I'm going to have a guy on tomorrow, wrote a great book called Everybody Lies, And as part of that study, he's been able to figure out at what age you become a sports fan. And he found that around the age of eight is about the perfect age that somebody decides which teams they're going to root for. And every age can be a little bit different. Some people decide at 10, some people decide at 11, some people decide at six, but eight is the sweet spot. On average, your average fan who's listening to us right now in all 50 states, most of you decided around the age of eight which teams were going to be your favorite. 
And if you go back and look at everybody's different age, oftentimes the teams that are the best at that point in time are the ones that have the most fans. So that means that people who were born around my age are like hugely by numbers Michael Jordan fans, right? Because when you were 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, that was when Jordan really started to take off, if you're in that generation right now. And so when you argue Michael Jordan versus LeBron James, people are not responding to factual arguments. They're responding to at what they see oftentimes, the Jordan people, as an attack on their childhood. Now, again, I'm not the guy who's going to sit around. When we finish this season, I'll come on the show and I will give you LeBron's resume as it compares to Michael Jordan, and I'll say at this point in time, let's analyze them. Probably open up the phone lines and discuss it. There are some people out there who make a career off of every single game LeBron James has, either pro or con. Either you're going to be the guy who thinks LeBron James is the greatest of all time, or you're going to be the guy who thinks LeBron James is the worst of all time, and every single game you react to it. I don't think that makes sense. I don't think that's a rational way to respond to an overall season, right? There are a couple different guys at FS1 now who do that, right? Like they're going to sit around and they're going to argue after every single LeBron James game, they're going to come on and they're going to give you three hours of how good is LeBron James, how bad is LeBron James, right? And, you know, you can make a career doing that. But I think typically people who come on and talk for three hours every day and have their own radio shows, you can't do that, right? It gets boring. You can't come in and sit every day and say, oh, LeBron James is the greatest player of all time. We're going to talk about that for three hours today. Today we're going to talk about Michael Jordan versus LeBron James. Can't do it. It's like saying, should Pete Rose be in the Hall of Fame? If you fall back on that tripe, you're not very good at what you do. But I do think, and I do want you to think, as we watch the LeBron James experience roll into the Eastern Conference Finals today, I do want you to think about this question. How much of your response to LeBron James, if you don't like him, is rooted in your childhood love of Michael Jordan? Because I think ultimately what most people who are vehemently anti-LeBron James are rooted in, if you really dive into it psychologically, is a childhood love affair with Michael Jordan that they feel is being assaulted by the concept or the idea that LeBron James could be anywhere near as good as Michael Jordan. I think there are a lot of people out there right now who don't want to acknowledge that. We're not trying to take away your childhood. We're not trying to steal away your pre-cynical memories. We're not trying to go back to a time when your mom and dad were still married. All right? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to break your heart over this. But I do think that a lot of people are not rationally looking at the data and being fair about that. And I do think that the number one story of LeBron so far, to me, is his avoiding a Hollywood tragic ending. There are so many guys that are incredibly talented that if LeBron James were given everything at the age of 16 or 17, would not have risen to the level that LeBron James has. We're on all over the country, but there's so many Hollywood stories. The Leonardo DiCaprios of the world are rare, right? The Leonardo DiCaprios, the guys who go on growing pains and then turn into the greatest actors of their generation and avoid all the pratfalls of fame are rare. That's the exception. Everybody likes to think they would be the exception, but that happens in sports all the time too. You give guys millions of dollars, they're not driven like they would have been before they had those millions of dollars. It happens in acting. It happens in music. And to LeBron James' credit, he was a child prodigy who returned and even fulfilled and exceeded all expectations for him. Again, he's Leonardo DiCaprio on the basketball court. Growing pains for Leonardo DiCaprio did not happen other than the show itself. LeBron James performed fantastically. Final hour, we're going to talk about this James Harden lawsuit 
Could he be in serious criminal jeopardy? We'll discuss on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome in Fox Sports Radio Studios, final hour of Wednesday. Hope your morning is going well. We're brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote as well as Duralast batteries. They're proven tough and designed to stand up to even the most extreme weather conditions with patented technology to deliver the most power during startup, get in the zone, auto zone. Pretty entertaining little sports night last night. If you're waking up across the country, nice Tuesday. We had a game that should have been somewhat interesting that wasn't. The Warriors dominated the Spurs, but we had the NBA draft lottery beforehand, and I think the biggest win of the night for the NBA by far was the Lakers getting the number two pick, which probably is going to send Lonzo Ball to L.A., i.e. keep him in L.A. LeVar Ball's got to be out already trying to pitch the idea of all the reality shows that he's going to be able to create. By the way, Colin Cowherd will have LeVar Ball on later today. If you're interested in what that conversation is going to be like, LeVar Ball is going to be strutting everywhere. Big day for the big baller brand and LeVar Ball. Lonzo Ball going to make L.A. great again, potentially. The Showtime era 2.0, Magic Johnson brings in Lonzo Ball and hands the reins to him. We'll see whether or not that's too much of an exaggeration but it certainly feels like a massive day for the NBA to get Lonzo Ball there in the regular season. Going to be a lot of storylines. I'll be honest with y'all. I'm going to care a lot more about the NBA regular season, particularly all of the limelight surrounding Lonzo Ball and his dad, LeVar. You can think LeVar Ball is crazy. He's crazy like a fox. Lots of attention. Six months ago, nobody knew who he was. Now I'm going to be honest with you. As soon as I saw the draft lottery results, I said, yes, this means Lonzo Ball is going to go to L.A., This means we're going to have a lot of Lakers stories. I can't wait to see what's going to happen there. The Preds announcer. We talked yesterday about this pussy willow, this loser dude who came out and said he had to do some soul searching because he had been replaced by celebrities to sing the national anthem. Well, last night the Preds trot out Keith Urban, kind of a big name, kind of a big deal, Australian country music crooning superstar married to Nicole Kidman. He comes out and does the national anthem, and for the sixth straight time, that the Nashville Predators have had a superstar do the national anthem in the postseason. They have won. They are now 6-0 and on home ice. They've broken out Luke Bryan. They have Lady Annabellum. They have Rascal Flats. Like I said, Keith Urban, uh, uh, Vince Gill, and Luke Bryan. I think I named all six of them. Carrie Underwood, sorry. All six of them, incredible performances. And the NBA playoffs has been getting its ass kicked up and down the ice by the NHL playoffs. We've had five NHL playoff games so far, and four of them have been decided by one goal, a couple of them almost right before the game ended. It has been extraordinary to watch, even if you're not a hockey fan. But again, I think the biggest winner of the night was the Lakers. A lot of you believe the NBA draft lottery is rigged. I do not. I do not believe the NBA draft lottery is rigged at all. But it's always fascinating to poll you guys. Again, you can find me on Twitter and see what your reaction is to whether or not you believe the NBA draft lottery is rigged. I think it's crazy. I think you're insane if you believe that guys who are making millions of dollars a year at the top of the NBA would risk going to prison over whether a ball ends up on the right team. I think that's patently absurd to believe that that's a realistic option. There's no way that Adam Silver and David Stern have been willing to to risk prison time because that's what they would do. They would go to prison if it were proven that the NBA draft lottery is rigged. No way that happens. Most of you agree with me. You can go vote in the poll if you believe the lottery is rigged. 
57% of you, actually most of you disagree with me, almost 3,000 of you have voted, 57% of you think the NBA draft lottery is rigged. Is there anything more unable to predict than 18 and 19-year-old basketball stars if you think that the NBA is going to rig everything so that Lonzo Ball can end up in L.A. and that the Celtics can end up with the overall number one pick, I think you are absolutely crazy. I think it's just chances and odds. Crazy things can happen when you start talking about probability. Speaking of crazy things happening, I think this is going to turn into potentially the number one story of the day. And it happened yesterday, and it is a lawsuit that is an absolute blockbuster. There is a lawsuit in Houston, and we're going to have the attorney who filed this lawsuit on behalf of Moses Malone Jr. We are going to have him on next segment. But if you haven't heard this story yet, Moses Malone Jr., yes, the son of Moses Malone, has filed a lawsuit that names James Harden as a defendant, alleging that James Harden paid $20,000 to four guys to beat up Moses Malone Jr. because they were unhappy with a Facebook post that Moses Malone Jr. posted about James Harden's basketball camp. Some of you right now are like, what? You're looking at your radio. You're like, this can't possibly be real. Moses Malone Jr. did an interview with the local ABC affiliate in Houston last night, and this is what he said. Listen to this story. Is after his dreadful performance that ended the Rockets' playoff run that James Harden was named in the civil lawsuit. The allegation, he paid thousands to have Moses Malone Jr. violently robbed. I know that he's responsible for this. And Malone's attorney says it was time to put it in black and white. We weren't about to file a lawsuit against James Harden in the middle of of such a great season for the Houston Rockets. This is the first time the son of NBA legend Moses Malone has sat for an interview since the new filing, but he's always pointed to Harden, saying the robbery last June outside V-Live Strip Club was an act of revenge. Two days before the attack, Malone criticized Harden on Facebook for charging nearly $250 for youth basketball camp. Within an hour, he says, he started getting threatening text messages. He claims one was from Harden himself, who was using a friend's phone basically came from James Harden through his friend's phone, which she validated in the next message of saying that, you know, you know who this is. That night, Malone was attacked by more than a dozen men outside the club and robbed of $15,000 in jewelry. He says Darian Blunt, a bouncer, addressed him directly. You're not going to be talking about James Harden on social media. Blunt and three other men have been criminally charged. Harden has not. Neither Harden's attorney nor the Rockets have responded to the amended petition. Malone has moved away from Houston, his hometown, he says. Because of this case, he adds he doesn't need the money and is ready to fight. If I would not risk my dad's legacy here in the city and risk my name over an allegation that I don't stand by. Jessica Willie, 13 Eyewitness News. What an absolutely insane story. Again, we're going to talk to this attorney on the next commercial break, we're going to come back with him. But let's go around the horn right now. I'm curious what you guys think. Let's start with you, Jason Martin. Are you inclined to believe this story or not? I don't know. I think it's. I think it would be. I don't think it would be right for me to actually say I believe it or not yet. I want to hear from this attorney. I think this next segment is going to be can't miss radio for anybody out there. But I think that we're going to learn a lot more about this side yes we got some snippets there in that news coverage and it's certainly already intriguing but the four guys 
that have been arrested. There have been certain reports that have not tied Harden to it directly, some that have. I just want to hear a little bit more. I don't want to be too irresponsible and say whether or not I really believe this yet or not. I don't think that you can toss this out of hand, though, especially not in this day and age with the way certain people respond to tough situations. And this is this is a very imperfect way to say this. But James Harden has been a superstar NBA player who has shrunk when the pressure has mounted to the highest level. He has shown himself to be weak of will in a lot of respects on the basketball court. So if I wanted to try and infer something, him receiving pressure externally from the son of an NBA legend, basically asserting that he doesn't care about inner city kids because he's charging them $250, which none of them can afford to actually attend his basketball camp that's being advertised all over the place. Would a thin-skinned guy who couldn't handle the pressure on the court be someone that might resort to something really stupid off the court? And I can't just throw that out. I, I don't want to say I believe it, but I also don't don't believe it. I know that's not exactly a DBAP answer, but I just want to hear more. But I wouldn't be stunned if this turned out to be true, quite frankly. Here's the post on Facebook that allegedly caused all of this melee. In the post, Moses Malone Jr. wrote on Facebook, don't he make way more dollars than Donald Driver, but he charging $249 and the inner city kids have no chance, all caps, to go to his camp, Hollywood Harden, hashtag fact. Two days later, he gets the crap beaten out of him and one of the assailants says, don't talk crap about James Harden. And also, according to Moses Malone Jr., James Harden texted him from a friend's phone and said, you know who this is, and threatened him. We're going to talk to the attorney next. I think this story is going to blow up James Harden allegedly paying $20,000 to people to beat it the crap out of Moses Malone Jr. outside of a strip club because of a Facebook post. Welcome to the 21st century NBA, boys and girls. That attorney up next to tell us his side of the story Do you believe it or not? Also, are there questions you want me to ask him? You can hit me with those at Clay Travis on Twitter. You are listening to Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. We are efforting right now the attorney who is representing the uh, the the guy who's accusing James Harden of beating the crap out of him for $20,000 payday. That is Moses Malone Jr. All of it stemmed from, the allegation is, from a Facebook post. And, uh, and hopefully we're going to be joined by him in the near future. Um, and Jason Martin, you said you're not willing right now to believe that it definitely happened. The, the, Dallas, uh, the Houston Police Department has so far said that they have been unable to charge James Harden with a crime here because they haven't been able to directly connect the fact that this happened either. So it seems like there should be a decent amount of uh, of evidence that would connect James Harden to this beating, but he's at least not been involved himself and has involved other people. Again, all of it steam- stemming from that incident. So it is, uh, I think, potentially a blockbuster story and again, we're efforting the attorney who is representing 
the uh, the guy who's accusing James Harden of doing this. If you're just waking up and you're like, what in the world is this story? It's a wild modern-day NBA story that derives from a Facebook post Moses Malone Jr. wrote last year in reference to James Harden's basketball camp. Don't he, wake, make, don't he make way more dollars than Donald Driver, but he charged in $249, and the inner city kids have, all caps, no chance to go to his camp. Hollywood Harden, hashtag fact. So this is a uh, this is a wild story, and obviously attorneys can be busy. I know from my days practicing, so we're going to bring him on. I think at some point in the near future, when exactly that is, again, we're going to continue to blow up his phone until he answers. In the meantime, uh, I said on the Twitter poll, you guys can dive in and answer this question whenever you uh, whenever you wake up, and uh, we try to put up a Twitter poll pretty much every day. Do you believe the NBA draft lottery is rigged? Thousands of you have voted since I put this up, and crazily, 56% of you do believe, in fact, that the NBA draft lottery is rigged, which would mean that the NBA is willing to risk basically everything to ensure that the Celtics and the Lakers end up with the number one and number two overall picks. I think this is insane. I think this is a crazy perspective to uh, to adopt, and I believe we have the attorney now. Is that correct? We have now got the attorney for James Harden and uh, suing James Harden. His name is George Farah. George, appreciate the time, my man. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing today? I am uh, excellent. So I, this story to me is fascinating. Thank you for joining us early uh, in the morning down in Houston. Uh, you have amended your complaint, a lawsuit that you have filed on behalf of your client, Moses Malone Jr. For people who don't know this story, Tell us the allegations in your complaint as best you can. What happened here? Well, it's not really a complicated story. Uh, Moses Malone Jr. was contacted by some local parents. They were concerned because uh, Harden was having a basketball camp and charging $250 per, per student or per child. And the parents were very upset. So they contacted Moses Malone Jr., who's been involved here in the community before, and he wasn't sure what he could do about it, so he thought, I'll just put a Facebook post criticizing James Harden about his him charging so much money. And he put that post up, and I guess within a matter of hours, it picked up a lot of steam. And, and so James Harden had his security guard contact Moses Malone Jr.'s security guard, saying that he needs to take it down. And James Harden actually insisted on getting Moses Malone Jr.'s phone number, but uh, the, uh, his security guard never gave him the phone number. So that happened. Moses Malone Jr. thought it was a joke, but then he received some text messages from another person that is, I guess, a mutual point of contact for James and Moses. Her name is Molo. She works for the, the V Live Club. Well, there were text messages being exchanged between him and Molo, and she was concerned as to why he, he put the post and so on. And then... You see this random text message from, from Molo's phone. You could tell it's completely out of context. And basically, it talks in slang. I can't even say it correctly, but he basically says, you know, what you're doing is messed up. You shouldn't be putting that stuff on Facebook. We should deal with, deal with this stuff in fa- uh, face-to-face in person. And it was very aggressive text. The next text was, you know who that was. And uh, that's when, when Moses realized he had just 
received a message from James Harden on this girl Molo's phone. Well, okay, so that happens. He thinks nothing of it. Then uh, the next day he goes out. He goes out to a, a birthday party, and then after that birthday party was completed, they recommend going to V-Live. And mind you, Moses Malone's been going to V-Live for about a year and a half, never without any incident. So they go to V-Live. He parks in his usual spot. As he's getting out with his, with his friend slash security guard, as soon as they get near the entrance, Darian Blunt, who's the internal security management for V-Live, approaches with about 15 other individuals carrying firearms, various kinds of uh, handguns and so on. While he's approaching uh, Moses Malone Jr., he starts talking about, why are you posting on Facebook about James Harden? Why are you, you know, so on and so on. And Moses Malone Jr. just says, this is my opinion, and smirks at, at Darren Harden, and he says, well, you know, that's not right. And he says, get him. And then you get 15 guys, about five of the 15 guys start attacking Moses Malone Jr. They hit him over the head with their pistols. They rip their his uh, earrings off his ears. They take all his jewelry. They initially, and then they also took his car keys, his wallet, uh, and his cell phone. Well, they were kind enough to return the car keys and the wallet empty of cash. And these individuals then proceeded to walk back into V-Live, uninhibited by security. Uh, at that point, Moses Malone Jr.'s buddy slash security guard puts him in the uh, car, in his car and he hands him his cell phone, and Moses Malone Jr. says, I'm going to call 911. Well, he, while he's sitting in the car, he calls 911. His buddy goes into V-Life to find out where, all, where a few of these individuals went. And as he's walking in there, he sees three or four of them go to the same, same table area where James Harden is, and they're laughing and hanging out with James Harden and, and conversing with him. And at that point, the police show up, they lock down the whole place, and they start taking witness statements and, and so on. Well, they were able, able to obtain the phone of an individual by the name of DJ Eric, who is somehow involved in this uh, organization of this attack. Well, he was, during the attack, FaceTiming the incident to this girl Molo's phone, and this girl Molo was standing with James Harden inside. So they were FaceTiming the attack so James Harden could see it. Well, at that point, uh, like I said, the police showed up. They start locking down the place. They take about 20 to 25 witness statements, and they catch James Harden sneaking out the back, and then they were able to speak with him and get his statement. And then now now we had the criminal investigation going, and we have our civil case going at the same time. That's kind of the gist of the entire situation. This is a unbelievable story and we're talking with George Farah he's the attorney who's representing Moses Malone Jr. in this incident that involves James Harden so your understanding is that James Harden basically ordered this hit for lack of a better term and then was the girl there is she a stripper he watched the beating of Moses Malone Jr. on FaceTime on the stripper's phone that is correct she's not she's not quite a stripper she they call her a madam she's a she collects the cash that falls on the floor and apparently uh, organizes uh, guests to have, have a, a lady with them when they're there. 
So James Harden is present at the strip club when the beating happens. Is there any surveillance video of this beating that you've been able to acquire from outside of the strip club or anything like that that the police have grabbed? Have you seen any of that? We haven't been able to see it because there's a pending criminal uh, case going. So when there's a pending criminal case going, all the material collected in uh, the investigation is basically reserved for that criminal investigation and that criminal case. Once that case is resolved, I'll have access to all that information. But I was able to take the deposition of the owner of V-Live, and he did verify that there was video surveillance in certain parts of the club. I just haven't been able to look at it yet. Can you stick with us for another couple of minutes here on the flip side of this uh, of this break i got to take for one minute? Sure. All right, we're talking to George Fair. I've got more questions for him about what I think is a blockbuster story that he's sharing with us right now about James Harden allegedly involved in basically a hit based on a Facebook post. We're going to talk about this more on the flip side, but first, let's find out what's trending now. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier as well. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for and on average save over three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. We're talking with George Farah. His client, Moses Malone Jr., has filed a lawsuit alleging that James Harden was involved in a decision to uh, allow him to be beaten after a Facebook post about James Harden's basketball camp being too expensive. George is with us now. George, so my first question, I've got several questions. Thank you for sharing this story, and thank you for joining us on the show. My first question is, do you think that James Harden will be charged with a crime or should be charged with a crime based on what you know about this case? Well, I don't know if he will be charged with a crime. I do think that uh, there is significant evidence that should allow him to be charged with a crime, but that's not my decision. So, you know, I'll leave that up to the DA's office here in Harris County. What do you know about the criminal investigation? For people out there who are listening right now, I believe four people have been charged with a beating here of your client. None of them James Harden so far. James Harden has retained, I believe, Rusty Harden, who denies that anything at all improper happened on behalf of his client. Rusty Harden is a, is a big-time criminal defense attorney who's represented Roger Clemens. He's represented Adrian Peterson, I believe, before. Uh, what can you tell us about the state of the criminal investigation right now? There are four guys charged. What, what is, I'm assuming your client is, is, is cooperating. What's the latest on that criminal investigation? Well, they've, they've kept a tight uh, wrap on it, but they, the, the four individuals were indicted about two months ago, even, they, even though they were charged several months ago. A grand jury finally indicted them a couple of months ago. So they're proceeding through the criminal, uh, with criminal action right now. Uh, what I do know is uh, there is a, point of int- a person of interest that they're still looking into. I just don't know who that person of interest is. It could be Molo. It could be James Harden. Uh, I just don't know exactly who it is. You're an attorney. I'm an attorney. It's fair to say that James Harden is taking this situation very seriously, or at least his associates around him are, if he has retained a criminal defense attorney as prominent as Rusty Harden is. That's fair to say, right? Well, I would say that. Uh, Rusty's Rusty's no joke. He's a very successful, uh, famous, uh, and capable attorney. And when you go that big, you know you're trying to protect something, I I would think. When did you file this civil lawsuit? For a lot of people out there listening right now, let me kind of give a a, a breakdown. 
the criminal investigation is is taking place in the state uh, attorney's office would be doing that. The DAs they would face criminal charges, which would result in jail time. You are suing on behalf of Moses Malone Jr. for monetary damages. For people out there who want to believe that James Harden's not involved, they would say, "Oh, you're just suing James Harden because he's got the money here. You're trying to make something that doesn't exist here into a payday." What would you? How would you respond to those people? Well, I would respond by uh, saying, you know, Moses Malone Jr. is not just an average person. You know, he's not the superstar that his father was, obviously. But his father was did well enough in life where he put Moses Malone Jr. in a, in, in a good financial situation. And risking his reputation, risking his father's reputation, risking his relationship with the Houston Rockets organization, risking, risking his relationship with the city of Houston for some money is just ridiculous. Um, this is a serious process, and you don't do that unless you feel like you have some strong information, strong evidence to support your accusation. Now, the the lawsuit did not initially name James Harden. I believe I saw a quote from you where you said you wanted to wait till the end of the season because you didn't want to impact the Rockets' season. That's a that's an extraordinary statement on on your behalf. Explain people why James Harden is just being added now. Uh, there, it's not just that. Um, like I like, I always like to say to my clients, it's not what the truth is; it's what I can prove. And so, uh, initially, what I wanted to do was be able to speak to several of the witnesses that were there, gather some more documents, gather some more phone records, gather physical evidence to support uh, uh, any accusations that Moses Malone Jr. has, and to be prepared to go to trial as soon as I file this lawsuit. And so, we felt we get we had competent information earlier in the season um and it, it, part of the reason we didn't file was out of respect for the houston rockets organization and we wanted to let the houston rockets organization have their 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 season they had a wonderful season this year and we didn't want to be blamed for uh any losses in the playoffs that may have happened and we just wanted to avoid that whole situation so we had a, a, a timeline of when the season is over that's when we'll proceed with the including James Harden into the lawsuit. How did you find out about the allegation that James Harden paid these guys potentially to beat up your client? Well, I've spoken with several witnesses individually, and I've heard the same story in uh, you know obviously in in, in the from the perspective of these each of these witnesses, and they all corroborate a lot of the information. Uh, when there's smoke, there's fire, and so. Uh, that's called circumstantial evidence, as you will know, and, and I felt that it was very interesting that they had very similar stories as to the amount of the money and how the transaction occurred, the timing of it, and so on. How did the transaction occur? We're talking to George Fair. He represents Moses Malone Jr. How do you believe that the money, the $20,000, went from James Harden to these individuals for beating up uh, beating up Moses Malone Jr.? Well, it's uh, at VLive, uh, throwing cash around is, is, is commonplace. And it's easy enough to hand cash to uh, an employee, someone like Molo, who has been confirmed to be either James Harden's girlfriend or James Harden's girlfriend slash best friend. And uh, we think that he gave the money to her to coordinate with Darian Blunt, and then it was up to Darian Blunt to gather the men to carry out the attack. This is a wild story. Again, I appreciate you joining us. George Fair, he has filed a lawsuit alleging that James Harden paid $20,000 to beat up Moses Malone Jr. over a Facebook post that was critical of the cost of James Harden's uh, uh, basketball camp. 
is your client still fearful given the fact that obviously if James Harden was willing to do this in in response to a Facebook post, obviously the filing of a lawsuit has made this story that much bigger. Is your client fearful now uh, for Harden and potentially his associates to extract revenge once more? Well, he was he was fearful then. Uh, is that why right he had a bodyguard? Excuse me. Is that why he had a bodyguard with him on that night? That that was more of a uh, just a personal thing that he had. It was, it's it's actually a friend of his, and it was type of a type of situation where he just acted as his bodyguard and so on. I don't know all the details behind that, but what I'm what I was alluding to was immediately after the attack, Moses Malone left town, and he he hadn't come back for months. And he still only come, comes back occasionally to deal with family affairs involving his father's death. Uh, he's still going through some uh, probate uh, legal issues with uh, the fa- his father's estate. But yes, he's very fearful. Not, not only is he fearful, um, he, he's just he, he he feels completely uh, unaccepted here in Houston with uh, the Rockets organization how they've handled this. He feels the Rockets fans. Obviously, James Harden is such a big superstar in Houston. He feels concerned about some of the Rockets fans. He's, he's received death, death threats over uh, Facebook Messenger, Twitter, uh, even phone calls, uh, to the point where he made a report to the Los Angeles Police Department uh, for uh, death threats that he received. Now, we're, again, we're talking with George Farah. Last couple of questions for you here. Um, when you look at this overall landscape of this case, what do you expect to happen? What happens now? I mean, it's it's once we get James Harden served, we're gonna go through what's called the discovery phase. Uh, get, like I said, his phone records, get as much information, his bank accounts, find out where he was around that period of time. Then we'll have the opportunity to take his deposition, which will be uh, our opportunity to speak with James Harden, find out his whereabouts, his mental state uh, at the time. Um, I expect this to be a hard fight. I expect this to be a fight that goes all the way to trial, and we're prepared to go all the way to trial and let a, a jury of 12 people from Harris County decide as to what, decide whether James Harden actually did this or not. George, I appreciate the time. Is there anything else that I haven't asked you? I always got used to this when I would do my own depositions. Is there anything else <laughs> I haven't asked you that you wish I'd been smart enough to ask you that I haven't given you the opportunity to tell our audience? Well, you know, I like to only answer questions that are asked, but I will add this. Uh, there's a lot of people out there that think James Harden would never do something like this. And, to be, and I'll be honest with you, I was one of the first ones to think that way when Moses Malone Jr. approached me to hire me. I did a little research. James Harden has been sued before for assault. Um, and that case settled, and that happened in Los Angeles. And this isn't the first time that that he's been known to be aggressive or uh, or, or violent. And and to, to conclude, if you look at the timing of everything, if you look at all the information available, it, it's absolutely at least seventy five percent sure that this happened. And I'll tell you why. Moses Malone Jr. has been going to V Live for a year and a half. I took the deposition of the owner of Live, and he says, Moses Malone Jr. has been my best customer. He's even a better customer than James Harden. But then the one day after this Facebook post, he gets a call from, from James Harden's security guard. He's never met James Harden before. And then he gets a text from this individual by the name of Molo who works for Live, who's very close friends with James Harden. And then the next day he gets attacked. I mean, I, you know, I can't. I don't have all the evidence yet, but that's a pretty tight time, timeline right there. 
George, appreciate the, uh, the time. Blockbuster case here. We may talk with you again mm-hmm. as this case continues to develop. Thank you for the time this morning and joining us here. Thank you. I appreciate it. That is George Farrell. We will react to what I think can be fairly classified as blockbuster allegations against James Harden next here on Outkate the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. We were just talking with George Farrah. He's the attorney who represents Moses Malone Jr. in his lawsuit against James Harden. This, man, I feel like this is a blockbuster story that we have covered here that is not getting a lot of national attention yet. I'm betting as some of these details trickle out, I was taking down notes as I talked with George, the attorney who's representing Moses Malone Jr. Now, always important to recognize that both sides deserve the right to tell their side of the story. We will reach out to Rusty Harden and James Harden's representatives and offer them the opportunity to come on the show tomorrow morning and tell their side of the story. My bet is, because a criminal investigation is going on, that all they will say is, we deny that our client has done anything wrong. I'm sure that James Harden doesn't want to come on and talk about this in any way. We're going to give them that opportunity. I will reach out to Rusty Harden. We will give them the opportunity to come on this show and tell their side of the story. But these allegations are bona fide blockbuster allegations against James Harden. And I jotted down several of them. If you were just getting in your car and you want to go back and listen to this, I'm sure we'll be sharing it on social media. I'm at Clay Travis on Twitter. Obviously, the podcast will go up. And I would imagine that this story is going to continue to grow over the course of today and beyond. Again, a criminal investigation. Four guys have been charged. So for people out there who say, oh, this didn't happen, four guys have been charged in beating up Moses Malone Jr. in the Houston area outside of this strip club. There evidently is some form of surveillance video. Uh, According to George Farah, the attorney there, the investigation is ongoing. Reports have been that so far Houston police have not been able to charge James Harden with a crime. But according to what we just heard from the attorney, James Harden was in the club that night and was watching the beatdown that he paid for on his phone on the phone of an associate there, a woman who works in the night in the strip club, was watching it on FaceTime. That is, one of the guys who was beating up Moses Malone Jr. for this Facebook post that he was unhappy with was holding up the phone, videoing the beating so that James Harden could watch inside the nightclub. James Harden did, according to this report that we just had from George Farah, give a statement that night, which would also suggest that he was in the nightclub. This is really bad for James Harden. He has retained one of the most prominent criminal defense attorneys in the country to represent him, guy by the name of Rusty Harden, who has previously represented high-profile athletes who have been in difficult situations. Obviously, among those athletes, Adrian Peterson when he was charged with child abuse and Roger Clemens when he was charged with lying to Congress about whether or not he used steroids. Man, Again, blockbuster allegations that James Harden was upset by a Facebook message. The Facebook message dealt with how much he was charging for his basketball camp. To, and I'll read that Facebook message that Moses Malone Jr. posted. Don't he make way more dollars than Donald Driver, but he charging $249 and the inner city kids have no chance to go to his camp. Hollywood Harden, hashtag fact. 
And then that went out on Facebook. Harden and his associates saw it, began to make threats. Shortly after that Facebook post went up, the guy had been going to this club and having no issues whatsoever for a year and a half, according to his attorney. And then he gets the crap beaten out of him by people who work at that club and other associates. Four charges have come down in a criminal perspective. The allegation in this complaint, which is a blockbuster allegation, is that James Harden paid $20,000 in cash inside of that club to get this guy beaten up. Again, James Harden denies doing it, but you need to go back and listen to everything that we just heard in this story. Let's go around the horn quickly. I get my crew who was listening to it. Twitter has blown up. Obviously, we will be sharing these allegations. I would just say this simply. We don't ever know these athletes, right? We don't ever know them at all. I don't know how many times we need to have athletes get in trouble for off-the-field-related incidents and then say, well, he seemed like such a nice guy. He seemed like such a nice guy based on the way he played basketball, based on the way he played football, based on the way he played baseball or hockey. We don't know. We watch these guys for small segments of their life involved in athletic competition. We really have no idea what they're like. Jason Martin, I find this pretty believable. I'm not sure that he's going to get charged with a crime, but it wouldn't stun me if he did because he's retained Rusty Harden. If I were James Harden's attorney, I'd be saying, you need to settle this case right now. We're not going to get deposed. We're not going to do anything else. This is serious, like, years in jail kind of behavior from James Harden. It's very, very compelling. The case was strong uh, that George Farah made to us here in this last couple of segments. Some of those details were pretty stunning. The idea that he might have been watching a FaceTime video on the phone of a of madam a hit that, that he may be. Yes, yeah, so on a hit, hit that, that he paid for. That he paid for and handed off to handed twenty grand to a madam who may or may not be his girlfriend or best friend in the world to set all this up. It just it all paints Harden as a really, really questionable character. So I would agree with you. Like if there's any doubt that this thing could become bad i would settle it as fast as possible you can't be deposed in this situation if you have any culpability at all danny g and justin jaw-dropping allegations fair to say like i was sitting here listening like holy unbelievable right like this is jaw-dropping stuff yeah we had the same exact reaction in the la studios here and just hope it's not true like you guys said it's possible it is what a horrible offseason this would be for harden if so What an unbelievable story. Again, if you haven't heard it, blockbuster allegations leveled against James Harden in this lawsuit, criminal investigation pending. I think this story is going to blow up in a rapid fashion. Thank you for sharing your morning with us. Maybe we'll talk about this with James Harden's attorney tomorrow. I'm Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that. But there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.